eating healthy doesn't rule out meat. Good morning and happy Wednesday, everybody. So today's episode is with the lovely ladies of Sass Lake Farms. Jess and Chelsea sat down with me to chat about their transition into farm wife life and the isolation that comes with the changes into that lifestyle and about their direct-to-consumer beef business. We also chat about how they share their perspective and connect with other farm wives using hashtag farm wife perspective on Instagram and how social media has been an incredible tool to connect with others. So without further ado, let's just hop right on into today's episode. Hey, this is Sophia Solzner, owner of the Western Chap Specialist and founder of The Punchy Posse. As a former guest of the Range Collective podcast, I can genuinely say I hope you are loving this episode and become a regular listener if you're not already. Harley graciously provided me this opportunity to talk to you real quick, so I wanted to tell you who I am and what I do to see if I can help you. I work exclusively with Western and rural women who own a business, whether online or in their hometown. I spent four years developing social media strategies through hands-on experience with clients all across the country. I took these proven strategies and seeing a need in the Western industry, decided to serve my babes, my Western and rural women, and support them on their journey to being a successful business owner. At the Western Trap Specialist, I offer one-on-one coaching and strategy sessions, Shopify website design, social media management, and a slew of trainings. My most popular program right now is called the Punchy Paycheck. The Punchy Paycheck is a monthly membership that includes a live training each month on a topic chosen to help you grow and maintain your business, a live Q&A session, and a private group chat exclusive to Punchy Paycheck members. All this is valued at over $300, but to allow as many Haas babes as possible to participate, it is only $29 a month. This program is a perfect first step to growing your business or an amazing accountability tool to keep you pushing yourself past the level you've already reached. If you'd like to sign up, you can head to thewesternshopspecialist.com. You can also find out so much more about me and my business on my website and a direct link to join the Punchy Posse, which is a group exclusively for Western and rural women business owners. I would also love to connect with you on any of my socials. You can find me on Instagram at Sophia Solzner or at The Punchy Posse and also on Facebook, just The Western Chop Specialist. I look forward to chatting with you and I really hope you enjoy the rest of this episode with Harley and her guests. So hey, I'm Chelsea and I am a first generation farmer married to a fourth generation farmer here in Southern Minnesota and uh, loving the life. Um, We are raising two little farm boys, Asher and Elias, four and two. And yeah, life is good out here in Minnesota. And I am Jessica. I am married to Eric. Um, I am a brand new ranch wife. We just got married in September. Um, Joel and Eric, her husband farm together. So I get to participate on a daily basis. I'm also a nurse, so I work in town. Um, full-time as well. What kind of nursing do you do? Right now I'm working um, med surge and ER. It's a very small hospital, rural um, town. So yeah, it's fun. Do you get a lot of like crazy ranching ER stuff? (laughs) There are a high number of farm accidents um, in our area, but I haven't personally seen anything too, too terrible yet. So (laughs) I'm always, I'm always curious with people who work in the medical field. I'm like, I have, like, the weakest stomach. I'm not, inter- like, I would not be able to work where there's lots of blood or anything. So when someone's like, yeah, I work in, like, the ER, I'm like, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. <laughs> Chelsea, you said you are 
first generation ranching. So how, what's kind of your background in like the Western industry? Well, Western industry itself is something that I feel like Jess and I, as we are getting more and more into working with our husbands are embracing. It's not something that I grew up in with the Western Western industry. Although my grandpa grew up in South Dakota, cattle farming. And so it's, it's in my background. I just didn't grow up doing it. My family did like a small hobby farm. So we raised a lot of our own personal beef and chicken. And um, I grew up in the country and um, I was really actually into music and the arts. And so after I graduated from college was when I really started becoming more involved here on the farm with my husband. And uh, as we are, are working on our, our beef cattle ranch now I'm just finding this new love for the whole western industry and the community behind it it's just been amazing connecting with women on social media platforms and just um, sharing this life together how did you and your husband meet oh goodness so we've been married for 10 almost 10 years now And back in the day, we had mutual friends that went to um, a young adult Bible study that I was attending. And uh, (laughs) so they they invited him telling him there's young women that, you know, single young women that go to this. (laughs) You should you should come. (laughs) And so. (laughs) <laughs> so at my old church, there's we did Bible studies and stuff like that, too. There's a lot of, like, young families, but then there's, like, a group of, like, a handful, like, somewhere between 6 and 10, who all were, like, in their early 20s and or, like, in college and or, like, late like late teens out of high school. And they all did, like, their own, like, Bible study together. And it was, like, okay, they, like, none of them were, like, married. That It was, like, more of, like, a socialization thing. It seemed yeah. like it was cool, though. <laughs> So true. It's like, yes, we're we're here to uh, you know, study God's word, but you know, we're all we're all aware of one another at the same time. <laughs> Who's single and you know? <laughs> so yes, yeah, so he came and uh, a few months later sent me a, a Facebook message and that's how it got started from there. And um about a year after he sent that initial Facebook message. We were engaged. So it was, I guess it was, it was just meant to be. <laughs> and he was like already involved with ranching. He said he's fourth generation. So he was already involved with ranching. Yeah. So um, he comes from a long line of um, farmers, ranchers. Um, so predominantly it's farming here in Minnesota, just because of our soil type. Um, I guess there is, cattle um, in the family background, but he mostly grew up with crop farming and hogs. And so when Jessica's husband, Eric, graduated from college and he and Joel were looking at ways to expand our operation, um, they started just looking into different options. And it's really hard to come by land out here because, I mean, people just, they grab it up really fast. So we started looking into the possibility of doing direct-to-consumer cattle ranching. And so (laughs) we launched uh, our Black Angus herd. And so we've been doing that for a couple years now. And we're just, we're loving it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then, Jessica, what's kind of your background with Western stuff? Yeah. So initially, I actually grew up on the East Coast. I'm from the state of Virginia. Um, And Eric went to school in Virginia, and that's how he and I met. 
So I kind of have a similar story as Chelsea. I, I grew up on a hobby farm, um, was always interested in the farming community in life, but didn't really fully embrace it until meeting Eric and moving out to Minnesota. And I was like, yeah, I love this a lot. I can totally see myself um, influencing the Western, the Western community. Yeah. That's really funny. I actually also have a really similar experience. I grew up in an agricultural community, but like um, we had horses and, but I wasn't like super into horses. I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing I do with my mom on weekends as I go ride horses. Mm-hmm. And I, when I left for college, I was like, ready to get away from all that. I was like going to a big city, going to live a big life. And um, <laughs> here I am 10 years later engaged to a cattle rancher. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know where life is going to take you. That is for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay. So you, you said you do um, black Angus cattle, right? Yes. How did that all come about? <laughs> I love this part of the story (laughs) because it, um, you know, what started out as just an idea between our husbands quickly grew. Um, So, so if you can just picture with me for a moment, I am pregnant with my second born and I'm about a month away from our, my due date. And my husband and Eric are talking like, yeah, we'll just start with maybe eight to 10 head and we're just going to go around and look at these auctions and I I swear a couple weeks later I mean we had 50 cattle <laughs> on our place so <laughs> all those memes about you know how you plan on starting with you know four or five and you end up with 50 it's true <laughs> the I think it's um girls eat beef to the Instagram account she has the best memes about that Oh my gosh, she does. I love her memes because they're, I mean, they're funny, but they're, they're funny because they're true. <laughs> yeah, her and I were talking. She's um, also going to be a guest on the podcast. And I was like, it's such an interesting way of like, not just like being funny, but also like educating people so that that way someone who's not in like the industry is a little bit in on the joke because they understand the meme. Yes. <laughs> So true. It, it applies to both sides. Like you said, it, it's a really quick way to inform people on some basic information, but at the same time, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned um, in, I don't know if it was in the email or in a previous conversation, is that you're really interesting and like interested in reestablishing like the farm to fork relationship. So mm-hmm. what First of all, like, can you kind of explain what that means and then how you guys are implementing that? Yeah. So farm to fork basically just means that um, we are, I guess you could say, working at rebuilding the bridge directly from farmers or and ranchers um, to consumers. So you're, ba- you know, like your moms who are out there grocery shopping and just trying to get you know, their meals set up um, and just learn about the food production part of, you know, how this food ends up on their table. Um, Our account is set up so that people can hop on and watch how we are raising their food in a very, very basic day-to-day way. You know, how we care for our cattle, what we're feeding them, um, you know, 
what it looks like for our family just to interact with these animals. Um, and so in that sense, because it is such a small percentage of our country that actually farms, I think it's like 2% of the population is currently farming and ranching. And most people are, are at least one or two generations removed now from the farming lifestyle. There's a big gap of just connection and knowledge of food production. So I just, I think all of us really believe and are passionate about connecting directly with the consumers because there's a lot of questions and misconceptions around food production that I think can be cleared up quickly and easily if conversations just start happening again between farmers and consumers. And when I say consumers, I really mean families. Yeah, one of the consistent things that seems to come up in conversations, especially with producers, but widely with anyone who's involved in um, agricultural production at all, is that there is this big, big disconnect and that, you know, the everyday person doesn't have access to a farmer or a rancher or they don't know how to get access to them. And I love social, like there's so many really bad, awful, horrible things about social media, but this is one of the really, really good, wonderful things about it is it gives people who would be embarrassed to ask or afraid to ask, don't know the right questions to ask. It gives them answers with, it's very like easy, easily consumable answers. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, um, I love using both Instagram and Facebook, but I really love Instagram. I feel like that is a really easily accessible platform for people to chat with us, to send us a private message and just ask those questions and to hop onto our stories. You know, like I said, in a very real day-to-day way, I mean, I've been posting, I've posted stories before where people are interacting with me and asking questions right after I post something. And then I can come back in real time and show them, you know, the answer. And that is a powerful tool and a way to connect um, across the country. So yeah, the social media platforms have really opened up a whole new avenue of just creating community um, around the farm that wouldn't exist in this day and age without it. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll come back to community, but I have, what I want to know, like, what are some of the most common questions that you get asked? Because a lot of, I know a lot of the people who listen are like me, like I consider myself, I could say ag adjacent all the time, because I'm not directly involved in agriculture. My fiance no longer manages a cattle ranch. She's working in construction right now. And I, I don't have a background at all in agriculture, but I'm very invested in the success, continued success. There's a lot of people like me who are listening, who aren't like, aren't involved. So kind of what are like some of the more common questions that you get? I'd say cattle care is a big question that we get asked often and what we are feeding our cattle. Um, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Like when we say pasture raised grain finished, what does that mean? And so, um, Yeah, those are the two biggest questions. And I try to show that. And those are the two that I try to cover a lot in stories. And I feel like, you know, when you're out there with the cattle every day, you feel like you get really repetitive by showing, hey, look at they're eating their minerals again. Or, hey, look at they're out there grazing on alfalfa again. But um, these are the things that for us, we have most 
they do not see this on a day-to-day basis like we do. And so it's so important to just keep showing these stories um, and giving that visual and the descriptions that go with it. And, and really just sharing with people that, you know what, it is our overall goal to keep these animals healthy. I mean, we want them to be as healthy just as anybody else does um, because uh, a healthy herd, I mean, that that's good for us and it's good for the consumer too. It's, we're not disconnected with that goal. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions. And I, I don't exactly know why that's there that people would think that farmers and ranchers are really um, working against the land or don't care about their animals, but you're not going to find a group of people that care more about the longevity of the soil or about um, the overall health of their animals because we are with them every day. I mean, and Jess can talk more about that too um, because she and Eric are out there on the daily with these animals um, and just watch. I mean, they they watch everything from the day that, I mean, from conception until, you know, as we're feeding them up to the beef point. I mean, it's it's daily and it's nightly. Yeah, so the property that Eric and I have is where most of the cows are um, regularly, and we do rotate the pastures around, but um, through the winter they've been with us, and we've been really working hard on the nutrition aspect, um, keeping them healthy through the winter here in Minnesota is kind of a challenge sometimes, so that's one of the things that we're just coming out of um, the winter time, and we've been really working on protein and minerals and keeping them well-fed, and they're doing really well at the moment. (laughs) Happy. Is there any crossover between like your work as a nurse and the work you do on the ranch? Yeah, that's been really fun for me to see. Um, initially, when I was, you know, in high school and a child, I was interested in sciences. Um, and so naturally, I went down the health sciences route. But then I did not realize all the crossover from animal science to um, health sciences. So um, on a daily basis, I get to see um not only the little calves be born and then how we um, feed them and make sure that they're healthy and on the grounds and up and going, but then also just their lifespan of, oh, if, you know, for one in, um, for instance, if one has like a um, infection in their foot or something, I can go out there and help, you know, make sure that it's being healed and, you know, being treated right. And I really have noticed a, a strong crossover with the animal um, sciences and the healthcare field too, which is cool for me. Yeah. Is okay. This this might be a dumb question, but um, is like if they get some kind of like infection in their feet or like in their mouth or something like that, does the infection more or less look the same as it does for like a person? Like the symptoms or stuff like that, is it the same? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, no one's ever really asked me that directly, but. To some degree, yeah, like they're fatigued or um, just kind of kind of slower, not really. You can tell they don't feel good. And then the treatment is sometimes the same and sometimes not. Generally, you're going to clean out a wound for a person and an animal and treat it with antibiotics if needed for a person and an animal. So, yeah. that's I'm always like super interested. I thought when I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a vet. And then I realized how awful at like biological science I am. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a vet. Yeah. <laughs> my grandfather was actually a a small animal vet and so it's been kind of cool to have that in my my uh, family line and then continue on with animal care myself 
That is really cool. Um, okay, so let's go back and talk a little bit about like the community aspect of it. So you said that sharing on social media has really like kind of helped facilitate the feeling of community, whether it's like between you and other producers or like between you and kind of the everyday person. When we brought these cattle home, I mean, I had no idea the kind of community that, first of all, we were going to find with other farmers and ranchers across the U.S. as we um, started building up our social media platforms. So, I mean, when you live out in the country and you live this life, which is, I mean, it's 24-7, there is just, there's no planned off day, really. I mean, we, we try to take our little breaks when we can, but we're devoted to the land and to the animals who need us. So all that to say, sometimes it can be kind of lonely out here. Um, because we're, we're away from town. Um, so being able to connect with other farm and ranch wives through social media has been amazing. Just to know that you're not the only one that feels the feelings you're, you know, you're going through during your busy seasons when, for instance, my husband is harvesting or planting or the guys are doing hay, um, and they're just gone a lot. So being able to chat with other farm wives about those seasons is amazing. Um, and then as far as community with the consumers, um, yeah, just being able to share those stories and have direct conversation and being able to answer questions. Um, I really feel very passionately about um, inviting our um uh, our buyers into our farm and just saying, Hey, we could not, we couldn't do this without you. You know, you are a part of our farm and you know, when you purchase our beef, I mean, you are investing in what we're doing here. So watch, you know, what we're doing and know that you you're here with us, you know, too. Um, so I love that part of it again, without that, that platform, I mean, we wouldn't be able to have that connection uh, with the consumer. That's really interesting mentioning you know, bringing the buyers in and say essentially being like this all gets to happen because you guys are buying from us are a lot of the buyers and consumers like open to facilitating that relationship or are they like oh that's kind of weird or like yeah it's a good question I'd say the majority of them are who did not grow up on a farm and who don't really have any connection to the farm life are really curious and like they really enjoy, you know, reading the posts and watching the stories and interacting with us. And then there's a part of our farm community who they have stories about growing up on the farm or they still have family members who farm. And so they like to talk farm with us and, and talk about their memories and what was, um, oh, just you know, growing up with grandpa on the tractor and, you know, the cows that grandma used to go out and milk, like those are such fun conversations to have too. So it's fun to run into both sides of, you know, people who are connected to the farm and who are not. I love, I love listening to people talk about it. And then of course you get to show off the babies, which yeah. listen, everybody loves calves. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. When those little fuzzy, fuzzy, bounding, leaping babies, I mean, you could just show that all day and that would be, that would be a good story. <laughs> I, uh, last year we were on a ranch that I got to spend like every single day. I got to go out and like see the new calves and like we had a bottle calf. So I got to like 
snuggle up with him and just kind of like hang out. And this year I don't get to do that. And mm. I follow an account. His name is Ethan Lambert. And he posts pictures of his like reels of his calves all the time. And I'm just like, I'm, I like message him every time I'm like, I'm getting my calf fixed through you this year, <laughs> man. Thank you. Oh, it's so true. And just, yeah. I mean, I noticed too, even though like we are around them on our own farm, I mean, my social media uh, feed lights up with all the baby chicks and goats and, you know, calves. And it, spring is just a fun time of the year on the farm, just having new life. I mean, there's nothing like it. I was, um, I did a photo shoot yesterday at a park and there's all kinds of ducks and baby ducks around at the park. Mm-hmm. And I was like talking to my friend and they're not like, they're not Western people at all. And um, I was like, this is what kind of duck this is. And this is what kind of duck this is. And I can tell she's like, thanks for sharing that with me. And I'm <laughs> about those ducks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're so cute. Don't they just look so cute? And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, it's true. It's, you, know, you get people who are like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I'm like, I love, I, I'm like scared of birds, but I think ducks are just really, really cool. And we had some when we were on the ranch and then had to rehome them when we moved. And so now whenever someone's like talks about ducks, I'm like, ducks. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It brings back a funny memory because I, I grew up with ducks. And so I, those ducks, I remember every morning they would come right underneath my bedroom window and they would wake me up. So that is my memory of growing up with ducks. (laughs) Ours were so loud. We would go and like go to let them out and you could hear them for like ever because they were just like so excited to get let out in the morning and run into their pond. They're just like, quack, 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 quack. Like it was so loud. (laughs) Yes, you know where they are. <laughs> yes. Oh, so true. So um, something else that you mentioned that I thought was really cool is that you kind of have this hashtag going on Instagram. Mm-hmm. How how did you decide that that would be like a good way to connect? And what kind of like stuff can people expect to find if they look into farm wife perspective on Instagram? Yeah. So as Jess and I started sharing our story on um, Instagram and Facebook, and as we got more into the conversations just with uh, people who are not on the farm, I mean, we just continued to realize like, hey, we have a really unique perspective out here that not many people get to see. Um, So we uh, we launched the hashtag farm wife perspective. And um, we just put it out there in our stories and in our posts to other farm wives and just said, hey, let's use this as a way to um, to connect um, within our own farm wife group and um, share our stories, but then also use it as a way for others to pop in there and just see our really unique perspective. Like, what does it look like? to be riding in the tractor or the combine with your husband during harvest and to have your kids, you know, surrounding you with Cheerios all over the the cab floor. I mean, that's just a unique farm wife perspective. So it's a lot of that um, and a lot of like animal care type moments. And for me, it's watching my boys interact 
with the animals. I mean, that's one farm wife perspective that I love sharing. Um, you know, when they go up and they feed one of the the steers and you get that long tongue come out and <laughs> they get licked, you know, while the steers pulling in the the hay. It's I mean, it's just stuff like that. Um, we wanted to share that that really fun story. It's been cool to see it grow and really catch on. There are not many, you know, farm wives, there are not many, that many in the um, United States. And so it's kind of fun to have something that sets you apart and kind of makes you unique. And you get to really share a specific aspect of what you see on the farm. So kind of cool to to see it grow like that, I think for me. Yeah, that is super cool. I love, I love social, social media. I love hashtags and I love like being able to connect with people in kind of a unique way like that because there's in there's no like real anything that's comparable in real life Mm -hmm. to that besides maybe going to a meeting where you're all in this like a workshop or something like that so that's just really really cool that that's a way you can connect with people yeah yeah and we put it out there that I mean we also want to help other farm wives share their farm wife perspective. And so we just said, you know, if you hashtag that and take us, we're going to run your story through our stories too, and just help build your community um, with our community. So that, I mean, that's so fun. I mean, I love it when we get notified, like, Hey, you know, here's a, a hashtag farm wife perspective, you know, and we got tagged and ah, oh, those are just fun. It's so like, I, I understand what they're seeing and we're just sharing a moment here. Like you mentioned earlier, it can be really, really hard working and living somewhere that's more isolated. You don't have regular coworkers besides your spouse or, you know, somebody else who the spouse is somebody else who works on the ranch or the farm. And it can be hard to make those connections when you're spread out, you're rural. And if you're new, you don't really maybe know anybody yet. Right. Yeah, both Jess and I relocated to this area. So neither one of us, you know, went to school in this area or grew up in this community. So it's been, you know, it takes time to build those community ties again. So and, um, and, you know, talking with my grandma, who farmed with her husband, she just said, you know, back when she was farming, you know, everybody around them farmed, you know, their neighbors were their neighbors in acres too. I mean, and they all helped one another and they all spent a lot of time together canning and, or, you know, whatever it was, you know, projects on the farm. And it's just different now, you know, people are a lot more spread out. The people who are farming the land right next to you probably don't live right next to you. You know, um, the farming community has changed in that aspect too. So having the social media platform brings people closer together. Um, like I met, I just met um, a friend who, she doesn't live that far from me. She's maybe 20 minutes. Um, and we met through Instagram. And so we met up and we had a mom coffee with our kids and our husbands. And I probably would have never met her unless I had met her through Instagram. Yeah. So I met one of my best friends through this podcast. She came on, she was a guest, invited me to join her Facebook group and was like, Hey, there's a bunch of Western business owners in here. She's like, I know you're always looking for more people for your podcast. She's like, but also know you're a branding photographer. So hop on in the group. And that was in November. And I think there's like not a day that goes by that we don't communicate in like some way and I'm just like this is she lives in Iowa I would have never ever connected with her and met her without 
but like specifically this community. I love that about you know social media. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of negativity that can swirl around social media, but you know what? There's a lot of good too. And so these are some of the good things. Do you guys get any negativity like on your page, like people saying negative things or like animal rights activists coming after you or anything like that? We have not hit that place yet where we've had any, yeah, real negative comments or activists. So knock on wood. (laughs) Yes. I guess you always kind of prepare for that because you figure at some point you might or you kind of assume you will. But as of right now, our feedback has been really positive. Well, good. Also earlier, you kind of mentioned that there's like a a lot of like misconceptions that it's not easy for you to clear up. But like when you interact with people, they may have misconceptions about like how their beef is raised. What are some of those more common ones and what is the actual truth? That is a really good question. And it's a big question. So I'm going to try to um, maybe we'll kind of swap back and forth here between the two of us. But, um, you know, I think that for the last 10 years, there's been a lot of a, a big push about what is healthy eating and what is not just healthy, but what is safe to eat. And so there's been um, a lot of talk around, you know, what is a GMO and is it healthy or unhealthy and organic and grass fed versus green finish. And I have nothing bad to say about, you know, going down the route of organic or non GMO or completely grass fed. I just think, and my, my goal within our storytelling is just to say, if you do choose to go those routes, are you doing it out of fear And then why is that fear there? Like what message or information are you basing that decision on? And if it's just a really, I mean, I've noticed too, when I walk into the grocery store, man, everything is labeled non-GMO, even food products that have never been GMO. I mean, there's only a small group of food items that actually are crops that I I should say that actually are GMO. So I mean, food marketers have done a great job channeling people to buy a certain way out of fear. And I I hate that because we don't have to fear. It's great to have options. I love it that our country offers so many options with what we can eat. But to to push people in a certain direction out of fear is wrong. (laughs) So it's just having those conversations. I have a kind of a follow up question. Do you think that um decisions like the Colorado governor decision for like meat out day I think is what the official name was do you think decisions like that made by people in positions of power like that feed that fear at all I personally do I think it's okay to say let's eat healthy but eating healthy doesn't rule out meat so if I think there's a whole mentality around that, like if the if the push is to eat healthy, there's so many, I mean, food across the board, if you eat it in moderation, is keeping your body alive. And it's about balance and overall nutrition. And I'm sure Jess could speak more to that as a nurse about, you know, how important it is to have a well-balanced diet. Um, so, yeah, those kind of pushes. Um, 
what they do is they hurt agriculture and agricultural families who are doing their best to raise a wholesome product and to preserve food for future generations. Yeah, as Chelsea said, balance is really important in anything you do in life, and that includes your diet. And so um, I think some of the more common um, misconceptions on the animal care side of things is Chelsea touched on it earlier, but just the idea that farmers and ranchers don't care about their animal care. It couldn't be further from, further from the truth. If we have a healthy, um, sustainable herd, then that um, reduces costs for us. That reduces costs for the consumer. That helps overall longevity of your herd, helps overall longevity of the soil. Um, farmers really do go above and beyond to maintain their herd um, safety and health of the herd. So I think that's one of the misconceptions that we run into a lot. There's a lot of people who are either, this is a very big generalization, but who are either vegetarian or vegan who believe that like you can't care about your animals if you're raising them for food. How do you try to educate people who like that's one of their core beliefs about it? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think I, you know, for me, I try to remind people that, you know, these are not our pets. We're not raising them to just cuddle and snuggle like we do a dog or a cat. You're not going to cuddle a bull and you're not going to cuddle a mama cow. <laughs> they don't want to be cuddled. <laughs> um, so you, it is a different mindset. There are definitely animals that are pets. And I mean, we have dogs and cats and the whole nine yards, but we are here to feed a nation. I mean, farmers are here to feed the world and um, beef and other meat is one of the sustainable ways that we can continue to provide food for our nation and the world. So with an ever growing population, um, you, you cannot rule out meat as a whole and continue to have a world, you know, expand in their population. I mean, that's just, it's not going to happen. For the record, I agree, I agree with you, but I'm always curious about like, because I have friends who are vegetarian or friends who are vegan and they personally like their mindset, they struggle with like, it bothers them to eat, like to consume something that was once like a living, breathing animal, which that's like, I have no issues with that. My mm -hmm issue lies with they then try to guilt or scare people into thinking the same way sure yep and I will say too like if I've had friends who have gone the vegan route and the vegetarian route and um, I have I have a really good friend who has gone the vegan route and she does it for her own um, health reasons and she has researched it out and she's made her own decisions on that but she doesn't do guilt trips and she doesn't fault anybody else for eating meat. It is her own personal decision. And so, again, this really comes down to that we live in a country where we have so many different food options. That is amazing. I mean, I think that we, we forget that there's a lot of places around the world that do not have the resources that we have. Like we can walk into a grocery store and if we want to eat vegan, we can. If we want to eat organic, we can. Um, or if we want to eat meat, oh my gosh, we have meat. So um, to each their own. 
you know, and that's really what it comes down to. So, and I, I always want to be careful to make sure that I never come across as saying, you know, that eating differently than what I eat, um, isn't okay. Um, but yeah, I'm a big advocate for meat and its sustainability for feeding our nation and future generations. Yeah. I'll just follow up with that. I think that, um, it, with anything that you produce on the farmland, you're going to take the best care of it until it's ready to be um, given to the consumer. So if you're doing plants, you're going to take care of those plants the best you can in order for you to produce the optimal product you can. And that's just like the mindset with um, animals and for uh, direct to consumer beef sales as well. Do you guys only do direct to consumer? It's the majority of what we do. Um, we've done a little bit of markets outside of that, but we really are um, fashioning and forming our business around direct to consumer. We have been serving our immediate Minnesota community for the last couple of years, and we just opened up shipping across the nation now. So that was a big, thank you. That was a big milestone for us. So we are really excited about, you know, broadening our farm community now across the U.S. Yeah. So I have two questions. First question is, um, and you may not know the answer to this since the business is still pretty new. Did you see like an uptick in um, the direct to consumer orders once COVID hit and the, a lot of the bigger like places weren't able to keep up with that. And then the second question is since you're now shipping, can you talk about like the process of like ensuring that that the products get safely to their end location? Yeah. Oh goodness. The year of COVID, I mean, it was it was such a unique year for everyone across the board, including what we do here on the farm. And just, um, you know, when when there started to be talk of meat shortages, people started looking, well, where can I go, you know, to ensure that I have ground beef, you know, for my weekly family meals. And so I'd say the positive thing that came out of that is that people started talking directly with farmers, not just us, but just farmers across the nation. And that really has offered an opportunity for new habits to be um, put in place on both the farming and the consumer side of that direct communication. So um, I feel like things are starting to calm down a little, or I should say a lot more now where sales are it's just different. I think we're kind of back to normal sales. It's not fear-based anymore. Um, it's way more connection-based um, between us and our, our community, which is great. And then uh, what was your second question with the shipping, right? Yes, shipping. Okay, so um, yeah, that was, uh, oh, man, that was a whole learning curve. And honestly, this is where having the uh, connection with other farmers and ranchers across the um, social media platforms has been amazing. Like the whole community over competition thing, it's real. Like I haven't found a more open and willing community to just share tips um, with how to do something like this. Like how do you <laughs> take a perishable item that's frozen and needs to remain frozen um, 
and ship it across the nation. And so, I mean, I had so many conversations with other farm wives about, you know, what they did and they were amazing in answering my questions. And then just a lot of trial and error, you know, just on our end with um, lots of time on Google, lots of phone calls, you know, talking with different carriers and finding, you know, what would work the best. And so, you know, this really comes time a time in animal care and in taking care of our community and then opening up options for getting our meat to somebody's table. Yeah, I think COVID really brought to light the the need for farmers and oh yeah, these people are you know producing a mass amount of food. Um and if it doesn't get to the store, we can't buy it. So um I think we saw that personally with people interested in our product and, hey, how much do you have? How soon can I get it? Um, just the logistic part of getting meat to the table. And then with shipping, yeah, um, I mentioned before, I'm not originally from the state of Minnesota, so I have a lot of family in other states, and they can now purchase our beef as well, which is super exciting for, for me and cool to see our growth in that area. Yeah, that is super cool. I'm always curious because... I don't ship stuff anywhere. Um, so I'm like, how does it stay cold? And I'm like, there are so many like logistical questions that I have that'd be very boring to really get into. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it is important, the comment that you made about community over competition. So I very strongly believe that it takes all types of people to make a really strong community. And you are only as good as like your weakest link. So like you nine out of 10 producers in whatever industry you're in can be doing an amazing job. It's just that one that can ruin it for, for everybody. So when you take a collaboration based approach, it makes sure that everyone is doing their best job and then everybody looks good and yeah. everybody gets the better, better products and benefits. Right. Yeah, by being in this community, I mean, we are all sharing our story. We are all showing how we raise these animals and how we get it to people's doorsteps. And even just showing the process of, you know, hey, look at I am packing your box. Like the other day I packed, I was packing up a shipment and got it all taped up. And the person who ordered it shortly before that messaged me and was like, oh, my gosh, I just saw you pack my box. I am so excited to get this. And I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, how awesome is it that, um, you know, someone ordered something, they get to watch it get packed up and then driven, you know, to UPS. I mean, these are just the kind of like day-to-day -day interactions that are amazing. So. Yeah, I know like when I order stuff from, a word, from any small business, um, all like if they're active on social media, I'm always like stalking through their stories. I'm like, what are they packaging? Where's it going? Okay. Is it mine? Is that for me? And oh. sometimes I'll like catch up. I'm like, hey, that's my zip code. And I'm like, <laughs> I get really excited. And then I get even more excited when I know like it's on the way and I'm just ready for it. Yes. And I mean, oh my gosh, I did a story one time when there was a, we were sending out shipments saying like, I feel like I'm a helicopter mom on this side of the computer watching my little baby boxes of beef get sent across the, the country. And it's just fun. Oh my gosh. It's so fun to watch them travel um, and get to their destinations. And then, I mean, we love it when people send us photos of, 
opening their box and then cooking and the recipes that they're using or putting it on the grill. Like, I mean, the interaction happens on both sides as we're showing, this is how we're raising it. And then our um, community shows us, well, this is how we're cooking it. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Yes. What is, I was like, this is a little bit off topic. What is your favorite way to, or your favorite dish to make with your beef? Ooh, okay. I'll answer first. Um, I love steak. (laughs) I mean, I really do. I'm a steak girl. So I, um, I got myself a really good cast iron skillet because you know what? Winter's long here in Minnesota. So we, there, we have a, a good grill season, but there's a long, uh, cast iron skillet season. So put some butter down on that baby and put a, an amazing ribeye down and oh gosh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. I have an amazing meal. So can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Steak's hard to beat, <laughs> but I think roasts are my go-to. I, you know, I do work at a job in town, so I like to have the leftovers of a roast. I can put the roast in, we can eat the roast, then I take it out and I can shred it and make sandwiches or whatever we want to eat for the next couple days. So I like roast. It's like, it's not a beef only recipe, but I love doing, um, chili because we'll use ground well we actually use venison in ours because that's what we have a ton of um yeah. my fiance's parents manage a hunting ranch so we have lots of venison around so uh as i do like a ground meat and then a chunked meat in my chili and it's always like so good yeah comfort food right there yes it's <laughs> the best i was asking because i was in um a room on clubhouse the other day. I don't know if you guys are using clubhouse. Um, mm-hmm. do you know what it is? No. Okay. So, um, clubhouse is an audio based social media, really similar to like what we're doing here. Um, uh, but it's audio only, no video mm-hmm. and anyone can go in and like join rooms, but there's like speakers who it's called their hosting rooms. So they're like, about specific topics within like specific groups. So there is a really cool one called the Ag Leaders Academy that's run by Katie Schrock. And there's um, lots of producers and other like industry professionals in there. And the other day I was in just listening in on the discussion about like, um, I think it was just like cattle round table or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was producers in there talking about how, um, they can better like be reaching consumers with actual recipes and stuff like that, because a good steak is hard to make if you don't know how, right. Or it's hard to know how to cook beef if you don't know how, or whichever, like all of that stuff. And um, they were talking about like favorite recipes and like how they can be better at sharing those. And I, you guys should get on clubhouse. I can send you an invite if you want. Uh, That sounds like so much fun. Cause it's true. I mean, part of, what you have to do um, as a cattle farmer is, I mean, on the one end, we're trying to show how we raise it. And then on the other end, yes, you have to show how you cook it too, because I mean, you send, or people are buying these, you know, prime steaks or these roasts or whatever cut it is. And then being able to send a recipe along with that. I mean, yeah, just uh, showing people these are the different ways you can use this cut of meat. Um, so with us, we do a lot of newsletters and and I have a blog or we have a blog on our website where um, we uh, we give people ideas 
for how to cook their meat. That's super cool. I'm always looking for good recipes because we have ridiculous amount of just like meat in our freezer but I'm really boring and I just make the same chicken dish like every single night so I was like it's easy and I can cook it in my sleep (laughs) but but it gets boring so maybe I'll I'll have to check out your blog and see what you've got on there yes I have my mom's chili recipe on there so if you like chili I mean it's hard to beat mom's chili (laughs) okay I will definitely take a look out of like everything that you've ever done in your whole lives what do you think you're most proud of I think for me um just remaining true to myself on as a new farm wife and moving to someplace new and putting down roots is one of the the one of the things I'm most proud of um it's a big it's a big thing to move across the country and start a new life in a different place and I think that that that's one of the things I'm most proud of Yeah, I think for me, um, when I look back on my life, I am always going to cherish the memories my husband and I have raising our kids out here and um, just providing this life for them. I mean, it's it can be crazy and busy and hectic and all the things. But you know what? At the end of the day, we get to share our days with them. That is a really unique part of being in this lifestyle because it is a lifestyle. Farming and ranching is, you don't just leave it at the end of the day. So um, I know we are creating so many memories with our kids and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I, um, Jessica, you said that like you were really proud that you like kind of got to stay like true to yourself. Do you think that you've been pushed or pulled like away from maybe some of that stuff at times? Or do you feel like you've become just much more of like who you always really were? I have learned so much about who who I am on the farm and like kind of come into my own role on the farm as a new farm wife. It can be kind of intimidating if you if you don't grow up with it and you don't if you know work in all the equipment and you gotta do things a certain way. It's very important to be precise in a lot of a lot of ways on the farm or else it's life or death. Um, so I think that remaining true to my interests and my goals while also becoming a farm wife is it's one of the things I'm. It's one of the most challenging things I've ever done and definitely one of the most things I'm proud of. So I love that. I know. I moved because like you, I moved halfway across the country. I moved from Nevada to Texas Mm -hmm. to live on a cattle ranch Mm -hmm. with my fiance. I mean, we were already very together and we were living together there, but um, then he accepted a job down here and it was like a whole, it was, it was a lifestyle change. And on one hand, I was just like everything that I'd built for like the last eight years in the town where I went to college, I was like, guess I don't have that anymore. But then at the same time, I was just like, okay, this feels much more true to the person that I would really, really like to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can definitely vouch for that too. I, I always, even growing up on the East coast, like I said, I was interested in farming. I always, we <laughs> played like little house on the prairie or, you know, all those little fun <laughs> girl prairie games you play. Um, and then just moving out here and living out here. It's like, yeah, like this is, this is who I was meant to be. I, I really find myself. You're here. like, I am Laura Ingalls. <laughs> I love this part of the country. Yeah. Um, and then 
I have a question um, about you rate about raising your kids. Do you feel like you're setting them up to also be involved in ranching and farming? And um, my, my fiance grew up like on hunting in cattle ranches with his dad, with his parents. So it's like ingrained in him, like mm-hmm. his val- like his set of values and his work ethic align very, very well with the ranching and farming lifestyles. Do you think you're also educating that into your kids too? Yeah. You know, as my husband and I have talked about what's important to us and what values we want to instill in our children. Um, you know, if they choose to farm ranch or whatever, um, in the future as adults, that's great. And we will be behind that 100%. But if they choose not to, we will also be behind that knowing that the skills that they learn here growing up on the farm, they can use anywhere because like you mentioned, um, the good work work ethic, I mean, that can be applied anywhere. I mean, when you, you learn that <laughs> there is nobody that you get to pass the job off to and say, well, they just didn't show up or, or whatever. I mean, the buck stops here. You learn personal responsibility. The animals depend on you. I mean, the crop doesn't get in um, unless you get your butt out there, you know, and get it done. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would love it if they stay around here and choose to farm. Um, but I also I also believe that we are setting them up just for a good future just by raising them out here. Yeah, I was talking to one of my friends and she was talking about like her son who I think is three. So at the same age as your kids. And she was like, it is so cool getting to watch him like go out and like go with his dad. And then they'll come home and he'll tell me about all the fun stuff that he learned how to, what, how to do it today. He'd be like, today I went and I got to help dad fix fences. And he was able to like talk a little bit through the process of how he did it. And I'm like, that is so cool. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, just the science lessons that they get just by going out, you know, and watching the the planting process and then um, like the animal care, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're having field trips every day, man. I mean, we're, we're out there and they're, I mean, they're just picking up so much. I mean, they're just little sponges. So again, I, I love it if they stay, but I know that they're going to use these life skills and this knowledge wherever life takes them. What advice would you each kind of give to someone who maybe like you is like marrying into a ranching or farming family and they're like, well, shit, how do I connect with other people? This is lonely. This is isolating. What would you tell them? Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, You know, I think for me, it was a big change just getting used to the lifestyle of farming versus like, you know, at the home that I grew up in, you know, my dad got home at a set time and then we had weekends. And so that was just a really big change. And then, you know, the seasonally we get really, really busy around here. So a lot of it was just coming in and accepting that it's different and different doesn't mean bad different is hard for sure like it takes time to adjust so just giving a lot of grace to yourself as you come into it as you go through the transition giving a lot of grace to your spouse and knowing that you know they're not trying to stay away they're not trying to 
um, leave you alone. I mean, they're out there working and they're working for you, not against you. And so it's okay to feel the feelings of loneliness and seclusion. I mean, that's just kind of part of this lifestyle. Um, but um, as you as you work through those emotions, I mean, there's so there's so much good. And the more you get into it and the more you embrace it, um, the more you're going to find your own place within the story um, of the far- the farming family. For me, I would say um, don't be afraid to ask questions um, if you don't know how to do something or if you're a little bit unsure why they're doing something a certain way ask questions and have a conversation about the differences because I like Chelsea I didn't grow up on a farm um just a small hobby farm and my my dad was home at a set time every night as well so um just having that like the difference of why are we doing this a certain way again (laughs) what's the reasoning behind that and then knowing also that this is for like the next generations and we are doing this for ourselves as a team like we are a unit we are a team. We are working for each other um, in those hard, lonely times where you're like, I don't, I haven't seen him in days. Yeah. <laughs> I think it can be really, really hard, especially like if you're brand new and you're like making the transition from like a normal like day job to be like, not saying blaming your spouse sounds so bad, but like blaming your spouse essentially for like staying away or for not being able to come home and sit down and have dinner or whatever, it can be really, really easy to take that route instead of, well, maybe if I want to spend this extra time, how can I go out and help? Like, or being like, okay, well, I'll just make sure that they have food when they get home because they're working 12, 15, 17, 18 hour days and they're going to be exhausted when they get home. The last thing they want to do is get in a fight with me about why they weren't home for dinner. Yes. Yeah, it can, I mean, it can be so easy to feel like they're choosing the farm over you, um, but they're not choosing it over you. They're choosing it for you. You know, it's their way of providing um, for their family. And so I really feel like, you know, the more you get into the lifestyle and the more you can find your niche. I mean, I think that's been a big part of it for me Um, with this business, especially like getting into the marketing has been a way that I've been able to really find my own place. That's my identity on the farm. And that's been amazing. I mean, it gives me something to do that I can really embrace. I am a farmer too. (laughs) You know, it's not just, I'm here to support my farmer, which I do, but I am a farmer too. So that helps a lot. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Is there anything else you guys wanted to share before I ask my final question? If people want to follow us on our our stories, I mean, they can find us um, on Instagram and on Facebook um, at SLF Angus Beef. And we have a website too that people can check us out. What does SLF stand for? Yeah, stands for SAS Like Farms. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of a dumb question. What? But I know you use SF on everything, so I was just like, what does that mean? Yes, no, that's a good question. So I always say, like, Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. And, yep, there's a lot of lakes around here. And SAS Lake is close to our herd, so we became SAS Lake Farms. Perfect. And that was, that was going to be my final question is where can people find you and connect with you on social media and online, but you already told them. 
Well, and our website is slfangus.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for recording with me today. This was such a fun conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This has been great. We appreciate what you're doing too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.